Yeah, the Senate is an interesting um, body because it, um, yeah, I think in in the early days of our of our country, yeah, yeah, the senators were not even were not even elected, right? They were they were just um, appointed by the state legislatures, um, and also Senate comes from the same root word as uh, senile, um, and uh, it originally refers to the, the, the group of old men in, in Rome, right? So, so yeah, there's, there's that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that, but it, uh, it gives a whole new context to this debate about what to do about Barbara Boxer, right? I mean... <laughs> I was like, well, oh, actually, Barbara. Oh, uh, I'm s- you mean you mean not, you mean? I'm uh, sorry, Diane Feinstein. Di- Dianne yeah, Diane Feinstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like people are like get her out of the Senate. She's senile. It's like, well, that's actually exactly where she belongs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, welcome to The Comedian and the Philosopher, a podcast about matters both high and lowbrow. I am your resident philosopher, Duncan Gale. And if Mike Leibovitz were here, he would have a hilarious introduction of his own that would uh, make me laugh. But uh, unfortunately, he's not here right now. You see, folks... uh, while Mike and I are roughly the same age, um, there is a wide difference in our lifestyles, you see. While I uh, live with my girlfriend, uh, but in all other respects, um, am living pretty much the same way I was when I was 20, 21 years old, uh, Mike is actually married and has three kids. And so he has a little more, uh, I guess, responsibilities on his plate than I do, Uh so sometimes those responsibilities get in the way of us uh, recording our silly little podcast every week. Um, and this is one week in which that has happened. But not to worry, loyal listeners, because um, Mike and I actually recorded a number of practice episodes. And um, yeah, just for, for, for this kind of occasion, and we have one episode that we would like to share with you at least some of the content of it um it's uh it's actually a pretty detailed intellectual discussion um about um defunding the uh police um and uh also about uh the uh, electoral college and so um what what we're going to do here is we're going to actually um analyze these arguments and um in uh, detail and uh, see how they kind of shake out. And so, 
Yeah, what you're going to hear is I, I'm going to begin by kind of explaining the principles of logical validity and so forth, and uh, then we're going to get into, yeah, first this New York Times op-ed by Miriam Kaba called, Yes, We Really Do Mean Abolishing the Police, and then uh, we're going to um, get into a discussion about the Electoral College, um, and uh, we're going to be discussing this um Documentary, I guess you could call that, although, as you'll see, we, we think that it's something um, a little more sinister than that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's called Safeguard, an Electoral College Story, and that's, that's actually on Amazon Prime. So, you know, that's all just to say that, you know, you can, you can look up this material if you want, if you want to kind of follow along with us, uh, the New York Times article, and then the, uh, the Electoral College um, quote-unquote documentary. Uh, so, so yeah, we're going to discuss those in some detail. Uh, and uh, I, think it's, I, I think it's a really uh, interesting discussion, um, and we really kind of get into the weeds with a lot of stuff here. So um, I hope you enjoy it. So here you go. And uh, we should be back next week with a regular episode. So I teach, um, I teach logic, right? Um, that's one of the classes, I, one of the philosophy classes I teach. And um, so, you know, in logic, what we learn about is um, what makes a good argument, what makes a, what, what we call a, a valid argument, okay? And, and the term validity has a very kind of uh, specific meaning within logic. And what valid means is that you have an argument with certain premises, right? And then you have a conclusion. And so a valid argument means that if the premises of this argument are true, then the conclusion must be true. So a simple, a, a simple, yeah, yeah, yeah. A simple example is, um, so all human beings are mortal. Socrates is a human being. Therefore, Socrates is mortal, right? So... So those first two statements, all human beings are mortal, Socrates is a human being. If those two statements are, are, are true, then the conclusion, Socrates is mortal, must, must be true, right? So that's a, okay. that's a, that's a valid argument, okay? Um, a slightly more uh, complex example. Um, so one of the arguments for the existence of God, the ontological argument, is... Um, God is a being than which nothing greater can be conceived. It is better to exist than not to exist. Therefore, God must exist. So that's another example of, um, so if those first two premises. And that's, yeah, that's considered a valid argument. So yeah, by, by, by most accounts, yeah, that would be a valid argument. Yeah, so if those, if those two premises, God is a being than which nothing very greater can be conceived, and it's better to exist than not to. If those two things are true, then it must be true that God must exist, right? Right. So the, so, the problem with that particular argument has got to mm -hmm. be one of the premises. That's right. And so, not, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. so, so, yeah, I mean, all of this, all of this given, you know, these rules of validity, what this means is that if you, if you uh, critique an argument, um, you either have to show that the conclusion does not follow from the premises, or you have to attack one of the premises, uh, one or, or, 
or more than one of the premises. That's the way to uh, critique an argument. So I just wanted to kind of get all of that on the table at first because now we're going to talk about um, something that, um, yeah, that, that uh, you, you, you actually brought this to my attention, Mike, this uh, article uh, in the New York Times. Um, so, or I guess it's an uh, op-ed. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so basically the issue of uh, police brutality and all of that, you know, that's been a big issue uh, for many years, but I mean, obviously, especially this year um, and um, people talking about defunding the police and what does that mean and so forth. And so there's this article or I'm sorry, this op-ed in the New York times by, um, by Miriam Kaba, um, called, uh, yeah, yes, we really do mean abolishing the police, uh, when we talk about right. defunding the police. Right. So, yeah, I brought it up because your, uh, your initial impression had been that, uh, people say abolish the police to sort of, <clears throat> sort of shift the Overton window of the, uh, type of conversation around reform that we're willing to have. Right, right. And right. that they don't ex- necessarily mean truly abolishing the police They're they're just trying to sort of push in the direction of greater reforms. And then I said, well, OK, but I read this op ed where I was like, no, we really mean that. And then this brings right. us to the, the present moment. Right. Yeah. Sure. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. And so, yeah. So. So what I wanted to do was just to sort of, um, you know, kind of subject um, a couple of the points made in this article to a sort of logical analysis and you know given given everything that I've just talked about with with validity so basically you know I was actually quite sort of impressed by this article because I think that she made a lot of points where so if if what she's saying is true I I I think that um I think that I can see why why she would be led to the conclusion of um wanting to abolish the police, at least abolish it as it exists right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess the issue is just, yeah, to what extent are a lot of the claims that she's making in this article, are they, are they actually true? So, um, right. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'll let you start, but I just want to sure. say, I think that that is, um, one of the, w- there's something a little bit slippery, in mm-hmm. what she does, because she titles it, yes, we really mean abolish the police. Right. But then when she when she when it gets to her actual prescriptions for what to do, she says, well, I mean, cut it in half. Right. Well, yeah. OK, so so so, yeah, I as as I recall from from reading it, uh, she says she says cut it in half at one point. But she she seems to be saying that like, okay, well, you might think that you you yeah yeah you might think that my claim is completely crazy, but hey, ha, how about at least just just cutting it in half or something like 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 that seems to be sort of, um, her way of saying like, I want this, but even if we can't do this, can we at least do this? You know, so. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I th- I think that's about right. Yeah. That yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so okay, so yeah, uh, a couple of the main points that she makes. So first off, she talks about how um, uh, 
past police reform. So, so yeah, basically, you know, with with the George Floyd incident and and many other incidents, you know, people are calling for all of these reforms to uh, to the to police departments and so forth. Uh, and so, what she says is that um, regarding that, past police reforms have failed for the last century. Um, and she also talks about how a lot of these reforms mean more rules, but the problem is that you may institute more rules for these police officers, but these police officers will uh, feel no, no, no need to actually follow these rules necessarily. They'll break the rules, and if they break the rules, they'll be pr- protected by their police unions. And so that, that 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 actually I think is a is a good point that she makes about the the problem with police unions. I mean, the, you know, the problem with unions in general. That's um, that's maybe a a larger issue uh, that uh, needs to be looked at further. But um, yeah, I mean, I would totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I I I thought for a long time like abolish the police unions makes right. a lot of sense because. Their basic function, and you see it. Sorry to say, but uh, in the wire, sure, um, yeah. plain as day in the wire, mm-hmm. is their job mm-hmm. is essentially um, to protect their members. And that's what a union does. So that means if if your members are bad cops, that it means protecting bad cops. And uh, I would say the same thing about teachers unions too, as they protect uh, bad teachers who have right. seniority. Um, and uh, I could totally get behind that. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so, so I just, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to throw that out there. I also can't believe that I'm go- I know I'm going to be in the, put in the position here of defending the police. And I, I fucking right. hate cops as much as everyone else. Sure. Um, nobody, sure. nobody <laughs> likes cops. Like, let's just be clear about that. Nobody likes cops. They're the people who break up the party. They, uh, they're no fun and they do lots of really bad shit. So right, nobody right. likes them. Uh, but anyway, okay. I just I just want to put that out there as a disclaimer that I, I think I will be defending them as we go along. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I just want you to know that like I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I, I. And and you know I think I I can uh, personally give some uh, firsthand witness testimony of uh, yeah I think I've seen Mike uh, have some. Um, words to say to police officers uh at times uh. yeah well let me just say that the police are the only people who have ever put me in jail so sure. you know there is that uh you know that's that's kind of a personal <clears throat> personal thing that's hard to get past but right. uh yeah i got you no I one else you. has 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 ever arrested me or put me in jail it has only ever been police so right okay so yeah, yeah. so here yeah here we have yeah somebody who but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, please continue. So so the, so the first point, uh, just to get back on track here, was that, yes, you can institute more reforms, but all the reforms in the in the past, uh, the police officers don't follow the new rules. And uh, B, um, you know, they're protected by their unions when they don't. Right. That's right. That's yeah. where we're at. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So that and yeah. Yeah. So the so, so the uh, union aspect we uh, yeah we've we, we've pretty much kind of addressed that and so kind of going back to the to the initial point i mean yeah what she's basically saying is that you know people are calling for reform but this is nothing new people have called for reform in the past reforms have been made and 
we're still kind of where we are. So, you know, it's kind of that argument of, you know, um, the, the, you know, definition of insanity, right, or of stupidity, right, doing the same thing and expecting different results. Different so, results. So, sure. So, you know, uh, I can, I can understand that, that claim. Um, 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 and, and uh-huh. yeah, just to be clear, uh, Duncan, do you want me to pick away at these premises as we go along or do you want to lay out the whole argument first and then we'll go back over them? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what you have been doing so far is, is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please feel free to, to, uh, chime in. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I would. Uh, I think it's also not true that the reforms have done nothing. It okay. is true that the that the reforms have been um, uh, insufficient, okay. um, and 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 police still kill uh, people. Um, although it is not, it is no longer clear that of the interactions with police officers that the uh, police are killing a higher percentage of black people specifically. Now, police shouldn't be killing anybody, right? Mm -hmm. And black people are killed by police at a proportion above their um, population, their their preponderance in the population. But they are also responsible for crimes at, uh, for violent crimes at a rate higher than their preponderance in the population too okay so black people have a higher per capita rate of coming into contact with police but once in contact with police police are actually more likely to kill a white person that they have come into contact with than a black person they have come into contact with and i think that did not used to be the case say before rodney king it used to be much more likely to kill black people Sure. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's interesting. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, so far, you know, we, uh, yeah, even with this first premise, you know, there are, there are problems with it. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, police are protected by unions. Well, we could just get rid of the unions and the reforms while not perfect have done, have, have made some progress. So um, I believe that that is what the data show. I don't have it in front of me. And sure. she doesn't present any in the article. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <clears throat> okay. Um, so the next point, and I think this point is a little more controversial. Um, so she talks about how policing is inherently racist. And she talks about how the modern day police departments have their origins in um, – squads that were designed to hunt down runaway slaves uh, back right. in the Civil War mm-hmm. and Re- Reconstruction. So um, the problem I have with this claim is that um, I think that Kaba here is committing what is known as the genetic fallacy, which is basically um, saying that looking at some th- the origin of something and saying, well, because something has certain origins, it must still retain the characteristics of its origins. So, you know, it may very well be the case, and and I'm and I'm sure sure it probably is. You know, I don't I'm not an expert on this, but that, uh, yeah, uh, modern day police departments did originate out of um, practices that were initially racist or that were um, meant to keep black people down. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that the departments now you know, still must, uh, retain, uh, 
the the characteristics of what they initially were. I mean, another yeah. example of this is the uh, the Democratic Party, you know, as it exists today. Now, the Democratic Party used to be the party of slavery uh, and racism, right? Uh, but there have been numerous uh, um, significant political realignments um, over the years that have made it such that the Democratic Party is, I think, it would be fair to say, not. Uh, not what it once was. So I guess there's the issue of the extent to which the modern day police departments have, um, have been able to sort of transcend these questionable origins. But, um, yeah, so, so yeah, just to say that policing is inherently racist because it, it comes from something that was inherently racist is, uh, a claim that needs to be uh, proven more than just stating it the way that she does. Uh, I agree. And I have, a, <clears throat> I have, a, I guess a slightly different framing for, mm-hmm. um, for looking at that particular claim, which actually you hear a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what type of fallacy it's called, but mm-hmm. maybe I'll just lay it out for me and you can tell me what it is. Okay. Sure. So the idea <clears throat> that in, uh, the uh, mid 19th century, uh, the uh, law enforcement officers of the time were catching runaway slaves right. is is almost certainly true. Sure. But the reason that law enforcement officers would be doing that is because the laws um, dictated that they do that and they were right. enforcing the laws. So when the laws are racist the uh, enforcers of the laws will, um, by extension, be racist. But the root of the racism is the law itself and not the enforcer of it. That's what right, I would say. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I also yeah. have, I also have a, so I don't know, is there a name for that? Or that's just a, just what they call yeah. the, in, in, in the street, a good point. Uh. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what specific fallacy that would be. Um that would be committing, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I would call it an attribution error, right? You're attributing the the racism Mm -hmm. to something that is actually like um, uh, a subsidiary of something else in this case, the laws. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would also, I would also, I also have another problem with that particular argument that, that modern day police uh, evolved from, um, from uh, slave brigades, which is like, okay, well where there are police in every country in the world. Right. So where did they come from in these countries that didn't have slavery to begin with? Were they yeah. import? They all imported. All the police were imported from the American South to right. uh, uh, all of Europe and all of Asia and Africa. And, also, you know, it's just uh, that's not plausible to me. So um, that's another problem with that, with that premise for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So, you know, that's maybe a problem with the American police. But yeah police as a concept you know that's something different yeah um okay so um another point that she makes is she talks about how when it comes to the uh, reality of the job of a police officer a lot of what they do is they respond to noise complaints they write tickets for people they're Tone, not actually I know catching it, criminals <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we have some experiences with this back from our college days oh um, boy i got a yeah, ticket uh, last so... week i mean yeah i get tickets all the time yeah 
can I can I just stop oh, yeah. you? I, I out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. The very first thing that happened to me when I moved to New York City, the the very first uh-huh. day that I moved into my apartment in Queens, I was assembling right. uh, some furniture in my living room at eleven o'clock at night. I got a knock on my door. It was the fucking police. My neighbor had called the cops on me for assembling wow. furniture too loudly in the middle of the night. Just to, you know, that's the my you know God. knock knock. Welcome to New York. You know. I mean, yeah, yeah. so, so yeah. It's and terrible. they knew yeah. the cops knew they're just like, I'm sorry. We have, they call, we have to come. I, you know, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. This neighborhood fucking sucks. Welcome to okay, New York. Well, it's cool that, 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 that at least you got to have interact with a laid back cop. Yeah. 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 But I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. Yes. Okay. No, so no, no. That's the, fine. The majority of what cops do is not catching the bad guys. Right. 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 So, so yeah, yeah, and she says, you know, most cops will make at, at most one felony arrest a year. Um, so, so yeah, so basically, whatever you, whatever a lot of people that are more law and order types think that police officers do, they they that's that's a very tiny uh, tiny percentage of their job. So that's that, that's that's the point that uh, that that Kaba makes here. And um, so that's an interesting point, but what I think is, okay, well, yeah, but maybe that tiny percentage is still what kind of makes the difference uh, when you sort of <laughs> multiply out every single police officer, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, in the uh, country, you know, so, so, so maybe if you follow just one police officer, it doesn't look like they're doing that much, but maybe this sort of cumulative effect of it is maybe a little bit more than um uh meets the eye yeah um yeah also i mean so say right no i I, I totally right it's not they're not catching criminals all the time it is a small percentage of what they do and yet yeah and yet it Mm -hmm. is a small percentage of what they do yes Um, (laughs) right and so (laughs) I also would question the math. So I know um, that, uh, for instance, New York City has uh, something on the order of 30,000 sworn uh, police officers. Are there only 30,000 felony arrests per year in New York City? I would have guessed there'd be more. But say there are 30,000 felony arrests. Well, hey, you know, one a year kind of adds up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And there, yeah, there might be certain places where, where it's higher. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. So okay. So that's another claim she makes that you know we can we can take issue with. Um, okay. Wait, can we and, stay on that one for a second? Can we stay yeah, on that one sure, for a second sure. too? Yeah, please. It also. Please, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so not only uh, so there's that one particular point of the premise where uh, <clears throat> the uh, that small percentage is still very important, right? There is right. another um, uh, point of the argument, which is that um, uh, traffic citations and um, noise complaints are irrelevant, uh, and I think that's flawed right. too, sure. because. You know, uh, otherwise people park in front of the fire hydrant and then the building burns down or, you know, people drive recklessly on the roads without consequence or 
people, you know, have um, loud parties next door to you until five o'clock in the morning when you have to take the LSATs in the morning and there's nothing you can do, you know, and that's, I don't think that that's necessarily the society we want to live in. We could have a conversation about it, but I'm guessing the answer is no. So there's that too. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Will, will yeah. you give that? Will you give that to me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I will. God, I will. Yes. I Reluctant. love this logic. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, Duncan. <laughs> okay. So. Um. So yeah. Okay. So this. 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 We're 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 getting to yeah pretty much the end of the the sort of meat of the argument. So at this point, you know, she suggests, you know, that the that the police department could be abolished, or hey, you know, if 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 we can't do that uh, immediately, let's let's at least cut it in half, right? Um, and then she talks about how, um, you know, if we if we either abolish the police department or at least significantly cut it down, we could divert a lot of funds to things like healthcare, housing, education, and good jobs, and thereby create less need for the police in the first place. And yeah, that, uh, that sounds great. Um, that, that but, does um, sound great. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> No, I mean, I think that that's that's what addresses the actual problem, right? The problem with crime is mostly a problem of deprivation, right? So if we focus on the roots of this crime, that's what we all want. We all want to live in a world where we don't need the police. But to pretend Mm -hmm. that we already do is is a, a different definition of madness, right? Right. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess that's that's maybe kind of the crux of all of this is that okay, you know, it would be great for us to yeah, divert divert funds and solve all of these problems, but that's going to take a while probably. And what are we yeah, going like, to do in the meantime, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll just have a we'll just have a generation of uh growing up in sort of Mad Max end times. And right. Then, right. Meanwhile, all the institutions that we're going to need to build up um, the disenfranchised will uh, be smashed to bits and we won't be able to do mm-hmm. it. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. But I would I mean, I, I think that that is a good point. Right. We do need mm-hmm. to um, we do need to attack uh, 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 poverty. Right. Right. Um, but but funds don't necessarily need to be diverted from the police in order to do that. I mean, I guess that makes a show of your priorities or whatever. But like, first of all, we can raise taxes on very wealthy people to do it. Right. Um, uh, we we could also people don't like to talk about this because it sort of reveals a sort of house of cards nature that we that we uh, take for the solid reality around us. But the uh, the government can and in times of crisis does just print money i mean money is just paper that that the government prints that we all pretend like no it has to come from one place to go to another place but like if everyone is cognizant of the fact that that's not true then of course the whole thing falls apart but actually that's not true. sure right right yeah yeah okay well yeah good so um 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, you and I, I think we're both pretty liberal in our political views. And, you know, I mean, I just kind of wanted to um, look at this because, you know, I, th- I you know, I don't think it's um, a completely um, insane or unreasonable article, but I wanted to sort of look at it in detail to kind of see, okay, well, yeah, what are the sort of assumptions made? Yeah, I mean, there are there are certain certain things she says that you know seem to seem to be on the right track, but then there are maybe other other things she says that are a little um, more questionable. And so you know, kind of look at look at a sensitive issue like this in um, as uh, sort of I guess um, as uh, what do you call it as as sort of a, a kind of distanced way way as we can just sort of logically okay what are what are the claims being made and so yeah yeah i think um i think we've made some progress so yeah duncan i i I really appreciate that exercise actually man because Mm -hmm. that's um i think that like you uh it brings a, a little bit of clarity because you have this um rallying cry of abolish the police and uh, basically, most people's intuition is that it's wrong. Right. And then you read an, ar- an op-ed in the New York Times mm-hmm. that actually does s- seem well-reasoned. Sure. Um, that uh, that uh, argues uh, the contrary. And right. um, it's, uh, it's nice to know that that, that intuition... Um, just because something sounds reasonable doesn't right. mean that it's right, and that sure. um, those those differences are are very large. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. a small fallacy in a premise is all the difference between something being right and something being wrong. Right? Mm-hmm. Wrong? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that shit is wrong. Am yep. I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So did we okay, just cool. did we did we just solve this? Did we solve the problem? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing so important work here. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, we got to start releasing these episodes, man. We can really That's make right. a difference, yeah. you know. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Now let's switch over to um, another political issue um, that. We've both done some uh, homework on. I, I don't have quite as detailed notes on on this one, but um, you know. Well, so this that's be, okay. We'll, I've we'll I've got freeform. notes on this one. I've got notes okay. on this. <laughs> but but you. Okay. But, but good. You, good. By 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 all means, kick us kick us off. Oh great! I uh, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, another uh, another issue that you know a lot of people have been talking about recently. Um, you know, with the with the most recent election and so forth, is uh, the issue of the electoral college, right? And um, the extent to which, well, what's the point of the electoral college? Should it just be completely abolished? Should we just have a system where um, the president of the United States is elected by a purely popular vote? Because you know, in in our in our lifetimes, you know, in uh, in recent memory, we've had um, we've had two elections in which, uh, yeah, the uh, the winner uh, of the of the election has has not received the majority of the uh, popular vote, and 
that seems wrong, and it seems to uh, kind of cast doubt upon this sort of unusual system we have of electoral votes as opposed to the popular vote uh, deciding the, the president. And so, yeah, so there's this, there's this documentary that's on Amazon Prime, the Safeguard, uh, about um, the Electoral College, and it, it kind of presents, for the most part, the, the argument for why the um, Electoral College is, is actually uh, valuable and, um, and why it should be preserved. And so uh, uh, I would say it presents exclusively that argument, yeah, not yeah, just for the most part. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of, um, makes a, makes a brief show of trying to present the other, other side, but yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's mostly, mostly on that side. So, um, so yeah, first off, yeah. So Mike, you, you watched it. What'd you think of it? <laughs> okay. Duncan, I will say that this, um, this documentary, I don't know if you were playing some kind of prank on me. Uh-huh. But this docu- <laughs> This documentary was very difficult for me to watch. Oh, um, really? <laughs> um, so okay. uh, let me just run over just just a uh, we can go point by point through the arguments. Okay, but, great, um, great. Let, let me just say that um, this uh, this documentary struck me as as transparent a piece of propaganda as anything I have ever seen. Okay. And uh, yeah. uh-huh. it, it struck me as just a, um, just a maelstrom of misinformation and misdirection, okay. let's say not misinformation, but misdirection. And it's just sort of setting up and knocking down straw man after straw man, like a twister right. through the land of Oz. Right. Okay. I mean, sure. Sure. So if I could just, before we get into the arguments, I would just like to briefly, and I know this isn't a, this isn't a refutation, but I would just right. like to briefly read a list of uh, some of the ghouls that they had for talking heads in this video. Okay. Um, so uh, these are all the people that I could find any information about. There were a few others, okay, but okay. the ones that, the most famous okay, good, one is Steve good. Steve Forbes, yeah, uh, who is mm-hmm. a uh, a failed Republican presidential candidate, uh, a billionaire Republican mega donor, and a, a total whack job flat tax enthusiast. Okay. <laughs> Another contributor is Sean Parnell, the Republican governor of Alaska. Uh, another contributor is Bradley A. Smith, who is a Republican lawyer, and he's a professor, and he is a um, prominent opponent of campaign finance lit, uh, limits. And he is the his arguments are basically the are the basis of the Citizens United decision. Um, Okay, we have uh, Peter Wallison, who is a fellow at the American Enterprise Institute and former White House counsel to Ronald Reagan. Um, Mm -hmm. The filmmaker is this guy, M.A. Taylor. He's the white writer director. He is also the auteur of not one, but two separate documentaries about how corrupt the Clintons are. Uh, Then we have. John Burnett, who's a prominent black hedge fund manager. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a couple more. A couple more. Uh, I don't know if I brought all my notes. Oh, shit. Shit, I forgot. There's also this. Uh... Oh, fuck. Uh, 
Well, I have a man. Okay. Anyway, there, there's some other people in here, in, in there. Uh, the, one right. of the guys is, uh, is another one of the guys is this, um, uh, the other African-American talking head is this guy mm-hmm. who's a, I forget his name is a frequent contributor to Newsmax, which is, yep. uh, the, okay. the uh, yeah. news station to the right <laughs> of Fox news. And, uh, so you know, all of this, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not uh, telling you anything you don't know, but the, you know, these are part I, I, of to I a man. I didn't, I didn't know all of this, but <laughs> all of the information you're presenting to me is not at all surprising to me. Right. Uh, yeah. So. And then they had, they had this one dude, uh, they had this one dude who's this uh, sort of kooky uh, Lincoln historian. Uh, right. So he's the only one I couldn't find his politics, but I mean, I don't know. They definitely couldn't get uh, John Meacham or. Or, um, no. or, or <laughs> so, okay. So I just want to throw that out there is that this is sure. that the people in this documentary to a man uh, or woman. Oh, there's also one female, the there's token female. There's one woman in it. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. And she is the author of a book called why we need the electoral college. So I don't know her politics necessarily, but we sure know where she stands on this issue. And, uh, uh, so, um, it is a very uh, biased, one-sided uh, side of the argument, and I feel mm-hmm. like they do a lot of uh, really, really. Um, oh yeah, Michael C. Maybach is a senior fellow, distinguished fellow of Save Our States, and the. Um, oh yeah. The uh, Sean Parnell. Oh no, I already said him. And then, oh yeah, then the the uh, documentary was funded by an organization called Save Our States, which is dedicated to protecting the electoral college from attacks. So right, right. Uh, to say that this is propaganda, I think, is not unfair. Sure. But we can still go. I think we we can and should go through the arguments. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. So yeah, just just, just what I'll say is, um, yeah. I mean, I I I discovered this documentary. Yeah maybe like a week or two before the election and, and watched it. And it's the description of it on Amazon prime is it says a nonpartisan look at. the election <laughs> and, so, and, and, and so, you know, I was like, okay, well that, that sounds interesting. And when I first started watching the documentary, I was like, eh, you know, with, with, without actually doing any research on any of these people, which, mm-hmm. which I, which I did not just, you know, I, I I don't I don't know why exactly, but you know I just I, I just think, eh, this this really feels like <laughs> it's pretty partisan. This really feels like it was funded and made by one one particular side. So you know I I definitely totally grant all of the all of the points that you're making, Mike, and uh, I think that it is uh, correct to go into the arguments made in this documentary with a very skeptical eye. But nevertheless, I, I think that um, this documentary, I mean, whether, whether it intended to, to quite do this or not, um, it definitely made me think about the Electoral College in a slightly different way and made me consider some things that, that I hadn't quite considered before um, about it. And um, yeah, so, you know. I, I, I think that I think that even with with something that is as perhaps shamelessly slanted propaganda as this, we can even we can even learn something from from, from something like this if we if we approach it with a suitably 
skeptical and critical eye. So, you know, that's, that's just where I'm coming from with, with this. And, uh, so, uh, agreed, you know, agreed a hundred percent. So, uh, I would be, I mean, I have, um, um, a sort of a list of straw man arguments that I feel like they made, but okay. I would, I would be interested to hear in what way it made you think of the electoral college differently. And okay. then maybe, you know, maybe we can go from there. Right, right. Okay, sure, sure. So how did it make oh, you think oh, of the Electoral College differently? Oh, 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 okay, sorry, sorry. We're, okay, we're going to start with that. So, Well, I don't, don't want to uh, just go through. I don't want to just read my notes here. I'm interested. I was interested that you recommended this to me, and I'm right, interested right. W- what your takeaway from it from it was, like where you started and then w- where it, it – uh, how it, it, it uh, um, modified your thinking on the matter or how it well, made you think about the Electoral College in a different way. I think that – you know, the thing about the Electoral College that we have, so, you know, obviously it seems odd to a lot of people because we do have situations like we had in 2000 and 2016 where one person wins the electoral vote, another person wins the popular vote. So that's seems seems to be problematic, and it, it almost certainly is problematic in, in some ways. But right. You know, the reason that we have the electoral college, I, I mean, the United States, I think, for better or worse, is just a very different country than most other countries in the world. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's a better country, but it's a unique No, country. we discussed uh, last, week, last week how it is, it is worse than, uh, yeah, than, uh, than Western European democracies. Yeah, and I think uh, many events of uh, this past year have uh, shown that we're significantly worse than than other countries in in many ways. Uh, but um, you know, we have a we have a large population. We we we're a very large country by area. I mean, you know, when you think about, there are only two countries in the world that have larger of, of larger areas than the U.S. Canada and Russia. And in both of those cases, these are two countries where large swaths of these countries are uninhabited because the regions are uninhabitable, right? But right. the United States... Well, I, I, uh-huh. I, let me just interject. I believe yep. it, maybe it depends on how you do the calculations, but I believe that China also has a slightly larger landmass than the United States. Oh, really? Then, then I the, could, uh, I, could be, I could be wrong about that, but I remember looking it up. and They're both very close but I thought that China was slightly larger, but it, it could be the other way around. I could. Okay. Be well, well, I, yeah, I mean, and that, you know, China is a, is a unique country too. Uh, and <laughs> yes, very in, different in, from other in, countries in, yes. in very, very different ways. So, you know, I, yeah. So the, so, so the whole idea of, well, why can't we just switch things to a popular vote? You know, there are obviously, um, good reasons for that, I think. But, you know, I think the fact that we have such a large country and, and um, you know, and I, I, I think that watching this documentary, it did kind of make me realize that, yeah, there, there are going to be large swaths of our country that are going to kind of start to feel left out uh, if, if that, if, if we switch over to the popular vote. And there is... 
there is something to be said for that and, 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 and something to be considered for that. So, I mean, that's, that, that's just sort of one point. The other, the other sort, of, sort of larger point, and okay, so I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here, but I'll bring it back around. Um, you know, Great. in Marvel Comics, you know, there's this, uh, there's this series called What If?, and, uh, you know, and what it will do is it will take some sort of, um, you know, pivotal moment in some famous storyline and say, what if things went some other way? Like, what if Spider-Man's Uncle Ben lived, you know, and what, uh-huh. what, what uh, would have happened there? And what you quickly see is that when this one thing changes, many other things change, ch- change as well. You know, I mean, if, if you ever want to read a Marvel comic in which, um, you know, you, in, in which you can see Captain America die or Spider-Man die a grisly death, you know, you can, you can see them in these what-if comics because that kind of thing happens all the time. You know, major characters die <laughs> because of uh-huh. the stuff that happens. And anyway, so, you know, that's all just to say that, you know, People talk about, oh, you know, back in 2000 or back in 2016, if only we had had the popular vote rather than the Electoral College, Al Gore would have won or Hillary Clinton would have won. But what I realized from watching this documentary is getting rid of the Electoral College, I mean, whether or not the specific consequences that that these conservative pundits say will happen, I think it is worth considering that you know, the, 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 there will be unforeseen consequences from from eliminating the electoral college. Maybe they'll be maybe they'll be good. Maybe maybe not. But you know, I'm not sure that if I mean if we didn't have an electoral college, yeah, you know, I mean, back in 2000, who's to say that the two candidates would have just been George Bush and Al Gore? Uh, I, I, and I, I mean, I mean, there might have been five or six candidates. You know, uh, yeah. And that's that, and and, and that's that, that, that's actually one of, one of one of the main arguments that they make in the in the documentary. And this may be something that you that you have a problem with, uh, but um, oh, oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, good. Good. All right. So so yeah. So just you know, it really made me reflect upon the fact that getting rid of the electoral college. You know, while it might solve, it might seemingly solve this one problem that 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 um, that we had with these elections, it might it might create other unforeseen um, issues that would that would make those problems um, actually somewhat irrelevant. So, anyway. yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, can I can I jump in here? Please. Uh, so I th- I think that uh, um, I think that that. Um, that's one of the main straw men that they set up is, okay. is the idea that, um, <clears throat> that, uh, in order to, uh, that if you, that, that fixing the electoral college, that the problems with the electoral college, um, that it's, that it's this binary choice between, uh, the electoral college and a national popular vote. And that's just okay. not true. Yeah. Okay, so there's okay. a few things. So, so let me let me zero in particularly on this point that they make, um, uh, you know, sort of they make this very they hit this one pretty hard. That if you yep. if you had just a national popular vote rather than the electoral college, that uh, that um, you know you could have multiple candidates and an extreme candidate could win with twenty um, percent of the vote because right. the the next 
highest vote winner would would have gotten 18% of the vote. And so that person who's only garnering 20% of the vote could be really extreme. Okay. So that seems like a scary proposition. Um, Sure. Although, although, first of all, you would still have Congress to uh, check anything that that president wanted to do, you know, who would presumably be more, more diverse and probably also be made up of multiple parties. But um, that also that also doesn't even account for the fact that you could have a runoff between the two highest um, vote getters and you could require a 50 percent okay. majority, as many countries do. Um, right, right. It also doesn't allow for the option of ranked voting, which would, sure. which allows, you know, which would also solve that problem uh, pretty quickly. Um, right. So I think that that is um that is uh kind of a straw man that it's like this that that's that that is a consequence that that could come up i think another if i can just bring up another argument that they make that i think is sure weak okay they Uh said a national popular vote would basically be decided in new york city los angeles chicago and seattle that you Mm -hmm. that the candidates would just go to these big cities but even right, their right. map shows the combined population of these cities is 17 and a half million people right. out of a country of 350 million people. So obviously sure, this is sure. not only is it not only is it um, uh, overstate. It's not just overstating the case. It's like 180 degrees wrong. Right. Their argument that basically right. that, that candidates would just focus in on on um, these big cities. It's like, no. And they say with the. Electoral College, it forces people to wage a national campaign when the reverse is true, where right. because of the Electoral College, there are three or four states that where they focus all of their attention at the presidential level. You know, it's yeah. Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Ohio and Florida was for a long time. There were a few more this last time with the addition of Michigan and and um, and Wisconsin. But basically it's five, six states out of 50 that they're focusing on. Whereas if you had a national popular vote, you could scrounge for votes across the whole country in every part of the country. So there are parts of the country sure. that are ignored every year where they would have to campaign. So that's just 180 degrees wrong. Right, I think. right. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring up another point, and then I, I would love to hear uh, what you think of this. Right. I have a bunch of these straw man arguments, but I feel like they forgot to bring up the steel man argument. Yeah. Which By is, the way, Mike, as somebody who has taught logic. Yeah. I have never heard the I, I, I never heard the phrase steel man until you until you mentioned it um, 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 a couple of weeks ago for the first time. And I don't I don't know why. But uh, yeah. So um, oh. thank you. Yes. Stick with me, kid. I, I think I uh, I learned it from yeah, watching yeah. Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson, I think. Uh, so. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 Sense, yeah. I, I mean, I sure didn't make it up, but yeah. yeah the yeah, problem, yeah. the problem with the Electoral College, they focus a lot on states rights and how it's third, how it's 50 separate elections mm-hmm. all at the same time. I don't have a right. problem with that. I think that's great. Sure. Um. What I have a problem mm-hmm. with is how they apportion the number of electoral votes every state gets. So every state 
gets right. the number of its representatives in the House of Representatives plus its senators. So a state right. like Wyoming, I'm telling you shit that you know, but a state mm-hmm. like Wyoming mm-hmm. has three electoral votes, um, a state right. because it has one congressional district, which even if you just gave it the one congressional district would still overrepresent its population. But then mm-hmm. you give it two more. <laughs> so just a little bit of math here, just a little bit of math, and then I'll kick it over to you to hear what you have to, to say about this. But sure. it, it, a state like Wyoming has 550,000 residents, gets three right. electoral votes. So that's um, one electoral vote for around, for actually slightly less than 200,000 residents. Whereas a state like New York, where I live, has 29 electoral votes, 27 congressmen plus two senators, and a population of 19 and a half million. So that's one electoral vote for each uh, six and a half thousand. uh, I'm sorry, for each uh, like 650,000 residents, about approximately. So um, your vote in Wyoming counts three times more, three and a half times more than my vote in New York. And that's the problem with it. So if you just subtracted the two senators, if you just subtracted two electoral votes from every state, then the electoral college would be fixed and we wouldn't need to do it by, by, a, by a national popular vote. Sure, you could still have a situation where somebody lost the popular vote but won the electoral vote, but it would be a toin cost as to which way it went. It wouldn't be biased in one direction every single time. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I and I've, I've, yeah, I've heard that point, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to you from California, where, yeah, we have, I think, f- fifty-eight uh, electoral votes, something like that, and yeah, yeah, I mean, same problem, yeah, I mean, the, the, our, our votes here, yeah, are, are a fraction, probably of what, yeah, yeah, people in Wyoming are. Yeah, yeah it's probably even uh, worse than the situation. Yeah, in so. New York. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's interesting. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's a better way to sort of go with this issue is to just yeah see how we can maybe reform the electoral college rather than, uh, completely abolish it much like with the, uh, police issue. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, taking away, um, yeah, the senators in every state as, as, uh, being part of the um, votes allotted, yeah, that that could be a way to fix it. So yeah, every state only has as many electoral votes as as uh, as its house members. Yeah. Yeah, I I would also Duncan abolish the Senate <laughs> and just I mean I think that it's yeah. unfair that that Wyoming is so drastically overrepresented re- represented in the legislature. But that's a sure that's maybe a different argument for a different podcast. And uh, yeah, the Senate is an interesting. Um, body because it um yeah i think in in the early days of our of our country yeah yeah the senators were not even were not even elected right they were they were just um appointed by the state legislatures um and also senate comes from the same root word as uh senile um and uh it originally refers to the the, the group of old men in in rome right so, so yeah, right, there's, right, there's that right, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i didn't know that but it uh it gives a whole new context to this debate about what to do about barbara boxer right i mean 
<laughs> I was like, well, oh, actually, Barbara. Oh, uh, I'm s- you mean you mean not? You mean, I'm uh, sorry, Diane Feinstein. Di- Diane yeah, Feinstein. Diane Feinstein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like people are like get her out of the Senate. She's senile. It's like, well, that's actually exactly where she belongs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's maybe one way to go. Yeah. And I mean, the other the other kind of solution that I thought of after after watching this for the first time was that yeah, maybe um, maybe kind of awarding electoral votes proportionately in each state rather than having the sort of winner take all system that we have uh right now could be it could be a way to kind of um correct things a little bit as well because yeah i mean you know the people in this documentary talk so much about how oh you know if we had the popular vote then that means that just you know if somebody gets a bare majority then they win the whole thing well the thing that they fail to take into consideration is that well that that that, that already is what what is happening on the state level, uh, you know. So, so of course, so why not apply that same logic to the to the state level? Yeah. So right, I mean, the, the incoherence of some of the arguments that they're making is exactly yeah. that does apply to what they're doing at the state level, and yet they're saying the electoral college is the we should be thankful for it so that we don't have didn't have Stephen A. Douglas instead of. Um, right. uh, Lincoln, because he was saying that states should be able to decide democratically at the state level whether or not slavery uh, could be allowed in their territory, which is just like that, right. that was what was was like really hard for me to watch was the idea that, the, mm-hmm. that, that this documentary was presenting the Electoral College as what allowed the abolition of slavery to take place. It's like really sick and twisted and basically just like completely 180 degrees from the truth. Whereas like if we didn't have the electoral college, we could have outlawed slavery in the territories. I mean, in the, in the States in 1808, when the international slave trade was, um, was outlawed, but because of the outsized influence of these Southern States, due to the electoral college, which counted their slaves, at least three fifths of their slaves, you know, they were able to retain a, 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 a greater amount of power and prevent that from happening for longer. So I just thought that was like a really kind of like sick appeal to like, they're like, Oh no, like minorities, liberals, like this is the electoral right. college is good for you. It protects you. It's just like total bullshit, total bullshit. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, you know, yeah, just to just to slightly take issue with with some specifics. I, I mean, your 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 general point is is probably uh, probably correct, but you know, um, in eighteen oh eight, and I think for even at least the next sixteen years thereafter, uh, the presidency was held by um, slave holding Virginians, uh, and I say that as as a proud son of Virginia myself. Uh, okay. But, uh, but, but um, wasn't so, that the year? So yeah, wasn't that, um, mm-hmm. wasn't that the year that the importation of more slaves was outlawed? That was, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that was the year that the slave trade ended. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was also a slave holding Virginian who in the declaration of independence tried to include an abolitionist clause that was, later stricken that slave right. Virginia being yeah. Thomas Jefferson. And he had right? to, uh, 
That's right. And he had to eventually cave to the pressures of uh, the representative from from South Carolina uh, on that. And uh, I know all of this from, from watching the musical 1776. 1776, uh, yes, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. very good, very good. <laughs> And yeah. and then and then further reinforced by uh, the HBO <clears throat> miniseries John Adams, yeah. So, yeah, yeah which is a great series. Uh, it series is. rocks. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So okay, okay. Well, good. good. There's a so, there's an awesome uh, uh, vaccine. Not to this is a total tangent, but the, vac- no, no, no. the vaccine episode is very apropos of this current. Oh moment, yeah. the smallpox episode. So yeah, really. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a rough scene, but. Yeah, it's cool but that yeah. they were that they were that forward thinking even back then. Um, but yeah, that was the, I mean, that, I think the, the they threw up all of these sort of spurious claims. Then then the one that that uh, somehow it would lead to money, more money being in politics. But mm-hmm. like, this is the dude who like wrote Citizens United telling us this. He's like, no, then right. money would flood into politics. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, okay, yeah, Steve yeah. Forbes. You're going right, to talk right. to me about the ills of flooding money into politics? I, I don't know. It's just like hard to take it seriously for me. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can understand that in terms of the, yeah, the sort of blatant hypocrisy of the person saying it. But, you know, on, on the other hand, I mean, you know, Steve Forbes is kind of a living um, proof of that, that money in politics doesn't work, right? I mean, you know, he... Right, I mean, he, right. he he tried to run for the presidency. I, I mean, he he got he got a certain ways, and of course, they make a big deal of of showing a lot of clips of uh, Mike Bloomberg, the more recent example of that, and showing how well, yeah, you know, these the, these these billionaires can come in and try to buy the election, but it hasn't worked because of the because of the electoral college. I guess is kind of their point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is true that like, um if you were waging an election in all 50 states, it would probably be much more expensive uh, Yeah, b- because, you know, you only have to do it in five states now, but, um, I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you would have to couple it with some kind of like financial, you know, like publicly financed elections, like, like other civilized countries have, but right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What did you think of the argument of, um, I mean, I thought it was, yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was so interesting just because it's so counterintuitive to me that they were making the argument that like the, the, the two major political parties we have is actually kind of a sign of strength because Democrats in Maine feel an affinity with Democrats in Oregon, whereas if the entire country kind of fragmented in the, in the way that they thought that it would have, if the Electoral College would be abolished, then, you know, people in different parts of the country really wouldn't feel as much of a connection uh, to each other. And so, and so the fact that we have these, these 50 different elections with the, with the same two parties, that kind of, that kind of is a way to sort of unify people together. Uh, did that, was, was that at all compelling to you or? <laughs> I, I didn't find it compelling. I, I don't, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't see how they didn't make the point. That, first of all, they didn't make the point to me that um, they didn't sufficiently make the point that the electoral college is the reason that we only have two parties. Um, yeah, yeah. There is a little bit of 
the, the, there are parts in this documentary where yeah, people just kind of make claims and they don't really flesh it out <laughs> and connect the dots yeah. and be like, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I mean, that that is that is a problem with this documentary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I also think that I mean, you know, in, in most uh, democracies, you have more than two parties, and usually sure. no party wins a majority, and so they have to form coalition governments. So this idea right. that like, well, the American version of the coalition government is it's like a coalition within the party. Right. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't, I don't find that particularly convincing. I'm not convinced that we wouldn't be better off with more parties anyway. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I certainly don't feel like it was proved by, by the documentary. I mean, I'm sure, you yeah. know, I'm listening, but I, you know, it, it, it does seem counterintuitive and um, I don't feel as though my intuition has been sufficiently countered. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, any other uh, any other points you wanted to talk about in that documentary? I think. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, I, I I think that's it. I think that's the only thing. I yeah. I mean, the the true problem with the electoral college of how the electoral votes are apportioned unfairly um, is uh, is not mentioned. Is yeah. essentially not mentioned. Okay. Or countered gotcha. in any way, and I think that that yeah, is yeah, yeah. Um, that's because there's <laughs> there's no plausible argument against it. <laughs> so, or they couldn't yeah. come up with one. Okay. Good. Good. But uh, all right. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that, Duncan. Sure. In, okay. You well, have anything else? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I am. Uh, I hope that this was at least an an interesting exercise, even if you thought that I was playing an elaborate prank on you. (laughs) (laughs) So you weren't either. There was no, uh, I mean, I wasn't sure because I was watching it and I was just like, Oh no, like Duncan doesn't really believe all this. Does he? No. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I definitely didn't come out of watching this documentary being like, oh no, they're totally right. But I did come out of it with a with a somewhat more nuanced view than I had before. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think before I was on the same page as, as most other people on the left because, you know, we, yeah, again, we do feel so betrayed by the elections of 2016 and 2000 that we think, well, obviously the electoral college has got to go. I mean, this is bullshit. And this documentary just kind of maybe have have at least a somewhat more measured. Well, I I I, I won't say measured because that's that, that implies a value judgment, but a, a, a slightly more nuanced view of of, of things, and or or, guess, or at least a different one than we're than we're accustomed to hearing parroted by all the people around us, right? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you know, if nothing else, in this most recent election. It's really nice when somebody has a clear victory in both the electoral college and the popular vote. <laughs> yes. I mean. No. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think there are some. I mean, the, the point. I'll, I'll grant you a few points, or I'll mm-hmm. grant the makers of this documentary a few points. Right. In a close election, the litigation would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And um, I also think that, yes, there would be unintended consequences uh, of changing the system. Nobody's talking about going back in time and changing it, you know, retroactively. You know, we're not going to, you know, like, all right, well, next up, we're going to give Al Gore a couple of terms because, you know, he should have won before. You know, like, we're not going to do that. But I will, I just want to say, I think that there will also be consequences that we cannot predict of staying with the same system that we have. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, really to say there's unintended consequences is just to say that we cannot predict the future, which is self-evident. And... Um, there was one other point, which was that the uh, Electoral College, they spent a lot of time on the history of it and why it came about as sort of a compromise and this sort of emphasis on states' rights. And I am mm-hmm. sort of, I am sympathetic to state sovereignty. Um, right. But these compromises that were made that basically gave more, more proportional power to smaller or less populated states, like to say that I understand why it was done that way is not the same thing to say as to say that it is right or good that it is now that way. I mean, that's sort of the, the, the genetic fallacy in reverse, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah, I mean, one other thing, and, and now, now this is, this is a little, uh, beyond the documentary itself, but, um, one other thing that I thought was was interesting, and, and this was something I actually posted um, on Facebook, um, kind of in the period between election day and when we 100% knew that Joe Biden won. Um, you know, I I think that I think that Republicans in general have a real problem uh, right now because um, you know one thing out of all of the sort of forecasts that were made in this most recent election, one thing that was never in doubt was that, oh, we know that Joe Biden's going to win the popular vote. You know? Correct. Because <clears throat> the Democrats yeah. the, the Democrats pretty much always win the popular vote these days. <laughs> and, yeah. And that is, that, you know, and, yeah, the, the Republicans really need to figure out how to, um, you know, rebrand their message or, you know, change parts and parts of their message because this country is changing and yeah yeah it's leaving them behind um yeah yeah and and i i think they will because that's what political parties do oh sure um mm-hmm. they will either change their message as they have multiple times and as the democrats have multiple times or they'll go away and be replaced by a different party but right i mean mm-hmm. political parties exist to win elections and if they're not doing that then they'll go away. Now they're they're still around because they have found that the best way for them to win is not by winning the most votes, but is by gaming the system. And I think when you talk about a system that's setting up incentives, well, having a system of of uh, unequal apportionment like the electoral college provides a bad mm-hmm. incentive to right, do right. just that. Yeah. So if you got rid of the Electoral College, I don't think that the, it's just that Republicans would lose every time. It's right. that they would change how they operate. Right. So well, yeah. become competitive. Mm-hmm. And and I think, yeah, I, I, I think there's no question that, you know, the system we have right now can clearly be gamed in certain ways. But 
I'm just wondering if if we switched to a popular vote, there would be a way to game that as well. And people would just fi- figure out that. It's like, you know, whatever system is in place can be exploited in whatever ways. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think it would be harder to game a national popular vote unless you're mm-hmm. – Unless you're, unless you're talking about actual fraud, where you're like dumping a bunch of ballots in big right. cities, right? Which would be easier, as the documentary said. Yeah. So, yeah. and the and, electoral college should be preserved. QED. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what these people are really worried about, right? This um, a, this yeah. move. This movement to, I forget what it's called, the National Popular Vote Pledge or whatever it's called. A certain Uh number of states have signed on to it, which basically agrees that when enough states representing 270 electoral votes um, sign on to it, that all of these states will automatically grant their electoral votes to the winner of the popular vote, regardless of who won their state. And so that's a way of circumventing the electoral college. Because yeah. if enough states are willing to do that, then you're basically it's a backdoor to to um, <clears throat> to a popular vote. And, and I think it's like 200, 230 some electoral votes worth of states have already signed this pledge. So mm-hmm. they're scared that enough other states will. Right, right. Well, yeah. It's also interesting that. Um, you know, the elections of 2000 and 2016 are actually, I mean, while, while they're both cases of the winner not getting the popular vote, they're actually, they're actually pretty different cases of that, I think, because, I mean, in 2000, well, I, mean, I yeah. mean, it all just came down to one state and a very narrow margin in that one state, whereas in 2016, it was just, the math worked out that way, and... Um, and I think in both cases there was a, there was there had only been one time before where where both of those things had happened. Um, yeah. So what was the uh, what was the prior example analogous to the Florida situation from two thousand? To the Florida situation, I think would have been the election of eighteen seventy six, where Rutherford B. Hayes won, and I think in that case, yeah, it it again did come down to. Um, yeah, electoral votes. It, it it may have been in more than one state uh, in that case, but it was it was basically something like the Democrats basically made a deal with the Republicans, and again, yeah, the Democrats were the party of the South and of of, of slavery still, but or I, I mean, uh, slavery had been abolished by that point. But um, the Democrats basically just said, okay, the Republicans can have the electoral votes and have their guy win if. Reconstruction is over in the South, and the Republicans right. are like, "Okay, <laughs> what a disaster!" <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Yeah, we're getting kind of tired of this anyway." That's, that's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we 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 feel like we've made our point. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and then very, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, yeah, shady backroom dealing, man. I feel like you couldn't get away with that now where like the Republicans and the Democrats just like huddle and like, you know, like the, uh, you know, they're like, okay, we agreed that like Mm -hmm. Trump gets another term, but you know, but, uh, Medicare for all, you know, or whatever. Right. Right. I don't, I don't feel like the public would stand for that, but back then they, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Back when media coverage was uh, much less uh, extensive. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? And then what's shit was going on? Yeah. Yeah. What's the case that was Mm -hmm. analogous to the 2016 example? The historical case. So the 2016 uh, example. So um, so Grover Cleveland, as you may know, served two non-consecutive terms as president. But mm-hmm. he actually won the popular vote three times in a row. So that okay. one time that, that he didn't serve, Benjamin Harrison just happened to win the electoral vote. Yeah, and I, I think it was just a pretty similar situation where, yeah, there were just razor-thin margins in a couple of key states. And, yeah, so that mathematical quirk did happen once before. Yeah. Got it. <clears throat> there, there's, there's also a notable difference between the 2016 and the 2000 elections where – yeah, the Electoral College uh, vote went the opposite direction of the um, of the uh, uh, popular vote, but um, it was close in both the Electoral College and in the popular vote. Whereas the um, right. in twenty sixteen there was a split, mm-hmm. but it wasn't very close in either direction. Like Hillary That's Clinton. True won a yeah. lot more votes nationally than, than Donald Trump did. And Donald Trump won a lot more electoral, electoral votes than Hillary Clinton did. That's true. Yeah. So that, that is definitely another case. Yeah. Yeah. That does point to a certain level of uh, egregiousness and questionableness. Yeah. 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 Uh, in, 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 well, it's sort of, you know, you just look back over time. Sure. It's only two data points, but it does appear to be uh, increasing dysfunction. Right. Or an right. increasing disconnect between the two. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So um, I think we've pretty much covered the main things I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. No, I think. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's uh, that's great. I mean, um, uh, I don't know. That's it. I think we solved it. I think we solved the okay, problem. Okay, good, good. Solved yeah. it. We solved two very important societal problems, the Electoral College <laughs> and the problem of police brutality. And, you know, yep. you know, pe- people say you can't do a lot from a filthy basement or a meticulously decorated apartment. But, uh, you know, okay. people love to talk. And, uh, that's right. you know, that's it. Yeah. So should we leave it there, Duncan? Should we let's leave it there? Let's leave them wanting let's, more. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah, let's leave it there.